Hello everyone, this is Lee the Appraiser for another episode of Amazing Appraising from our world famous APR 57 gallery here in the famous New York City. How is everyone doing today? So we have a great show and episode available uh, here for your listening pleasure. We're going to be talking about some rare watches, some cool photographs. Uh, if we have time, we're going to talk about one of the rarest and most unusual group of celebrities that came together in the world. We have a contract by uh, James Dean and a lot of other things. So for all you out there that have um, been here before or haven't, um, we are the place to come to listen to uh, and find out about what collectibles, valuables are which things are valuable, how to appraise them, how to authenticate them. And that's what we do 24-7, almost six days a week, or we'll say six days a week, uh, 365 days a year. So uh, we have a gallery here on 57th Street that's world-renowned. People come in here, and they expect us to evaluate and appraise anything they have on the spot whether it's rare coins, rare stamps, jewelry, watches, art, antiques, paintings, furniture, uh, uh, you name it, we buy it, appraise it, rare documents, photographs, anything. So we're going to be talking about a couple unusual things here right now. Um, so a lot of people are very uh, interested now in rare watches. They have become a big boom during the uh, pandemic, a lot of people had time on their hands. That's actually interesting, right? Time on their hands, you like that? So um, they uh, decided to learn and um, collect and be more involved in wristwatches. So we have a couple very beautiful pieces here that we're gonna be talking about in a minute. We have two very, very nice uh, Omega watches. The first one here we're going to be talking about is Omega made the first watch. Uh, it was called the Speedmaster that was made to go on the moon. They didn't know that until actually NASA went there and picked up this rare watch from one of their boutiques and stores. It wasn't a boutique then. It was a store in 1969. And it met uh, some of NASA's criteria for them to use this watch on the moon. They were told that uh, the person there, the person, the representative from NASA that went to the store was looking for a watch that was a large size watch, stainless steel, very durable, easy to read, had a mechanical movement, meaning it had to be wound. They didn't want an automatic movement because in space, uh, in the atmosphere, there was no gravity. So therefore, the winding system would probably not work correctly. So they wanted a mechanical watch that you had to wind. They wanted to have a big watch so it's easy to read. They wanted to have a clear black dial with white hands. So again, it's easy to read. It had to have what's called a tachometer uh, that they could see the second, hand, the, uh, second hands and the miles of how fast they were moving on the outside of the watch and it had to have the stopwatch features. So all that together came and they liked the, they, the NASA uh, supervisors liked this one particular Speedmaster watch and that is the watch they bought. I think they bought the initial purchase was about 
I think, 10 or 12 pieces for the crew and a couple extra pieces to have on board and on hand. And that was the watch. So what we have here is one of the very original watches that was purchased uh, prior to 1969. It probably dates about 1967. Again, the ones after 69 will have the date in the back, and the, the not the date, the stamp that says first watch on the moon, but they couldn't have had that there until it actually went on the moon in 69. So we have one of the very first models in pristine condition. These, uh, if you have one of these, they're quite prized and we do collect them. So we typically estimate the value on these between anywhere five to $8,000, depending on the condition, some even more. So if you have any, you can bring them into our gallery and we'd be happy to look at it, evaluate it, and appraise it for you. We just gave a certificate for one of these for $8,000. So please, if you have one, call or text us and let us know what you have and uh, we'll be happy to make an appointment, view that, and make you a super high appraisal and a super high cash offer. This is another cool watch. This was made about three years ago. It was a special edition that Omega, uh, Omega made. It was a, speed, uh, uh, a Speedmaster, same design, but they've made a lot of different varieties on this. This is a limited edition where they only made, I think, 50 pieces. It is made in a black uh, cased PVD coated case with an 18 carat solid rose gold bezel with rose gold hands and markers. The date feature is at six o'clock and it has the automatic skeleton back movement in the back and stopwatch feature. Very, very cool. This watch today, the appraised value on this watch brand new is about 20 grand as it's one of only a few that still are in regular hands today. Very hard to find. And this is a limited special edition. Ms. Vicky, you'll remember to take pictures of these tomorrow morning. Everything that we have on the show, we like to take pictures. You can go to our, we our uh, YouTube channel, Amazing Appraising, to see any of these items in person on video clearly being described and photographed so you get a better sense of what we're talking about. That's on typically a week after our broadcast. Okay. Um, we love Omegas. We have over a thousand Omegas in our collection, probably the biggest in the world of Omegas. So if you have any Omega watches that you may want to sell or appraise, let us know because we are the ultimate buyer typically of these watches. We love to collect them. If you need them repaired or serviced, we do that as well. Okay, next is, this is a Blanc Pan wristwatch. Uh, it's right up there with Patek Philippe and Rolex and Breguet. Um, I believe it is the only watch in the world that have a distinction of being the only watch in the world that has never made a quartz movement. Every watch they make is either automatic or mechanical. This particular model is one of the rarest Blanc Pen watches we've ever seen. It is an extra large case. It weighs what feels to be about five ounces of gold. It has uh, incredibly beautiful complications. It has the day, date, month, and moon phase, uh, all on the, in a beautiful, gorgeous sunray dial. 
It has an, an exhibition skeleton back, which is so cool. Um, it has their name engraved on the top, on the top left. The, it looks like it has what's called like a gold, solid gold rotor with all the other parts of the movement engraved. Um, just an incredibly beautiful watch. We um, have shown this uh, to their uh, uh, two blanc pen themselves, and they said it's one of the rarest watches that they've ever seen. And in fact, they can't even find a similar one to this particular model. Our guess is made it was a limited and perhaps one of a kind that was made about 20 years ago. And our estimated value on this is upwards of $100,000. If you have any rare blanc pans that you may want to sell, service, uh, repair, please contact us, call or text us. Again, you could use our uh, text number, 917-439-9610, and we'll be happy to... Um, you know, give you any information we can on any of the other watches you have. We do certified insurance appraisals, authentication, and evaluations. Okay? Um, really, one of the more beautiful watches we have ever, ever seen. Okay? We're going to be taking a short break. We're going to be talking about a designer ring and then some other very cool memorabilia in just a second. We're going to be right back after this very, very brief message. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin, mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, Oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sports and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Brigat, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Bucciolati, Van Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. That's 212-246-2000 or toll-free 1-800-772-00. Leave the appraiser back for another segment of Amazing Appraising here in our APR 57 gallery here in New York. So again, we get offered and purchase all unusual things. Again, I try to get my audience to understand how to evaluate appraise and what makes things rare, valuable, etc., uh, etc. Et um, again, the first thing you want to talk about is uh, the designer of the item, if it's a watch, the brand, Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Cartier. If it's a painting, the artist, Rembrandt, Picasso, Andy Warhol. If it's a diamond ring or a piece of jewelry, the brand, again, Cartier, Bucciolati, Bulgari, Tiffany. If it's a uh, sculpture, the same as a piece of art. If it's a um, photograph, who's the picture from? Is it Meryl Monroe, John F. Kennedy? Who's the subject matter? And then, of course, who is the uh, photographer? Is the f sometimes the photographer might be more valuable than the subject matter or the picture itself. So all these things, um, you know, if it's a lamp, is it a Tiffany lamp, a uh, uh, 
you know, a Bucciolati lamp. Who made the lamp? Is it a fine piece of furniture? Is it made by a specific carpenter or artist? These are the first things that you want to go, and then you talk about all the other areas and see, um, you know, what it is supposed to be. Is stamped and signed? Is it authentic? The condition, all these play into a factor, into a value in the item, figuring how rare it is, how many were made, how many still exist, and the condition of the item today, and how old it is, okay? And, you know, we go from there. So what we have here, this is a very cool ring. This was made by a company called Bacharach that... Um, Initially, I think, uh, I have to check, I think they were, let me just check here well, for my audience. So they make a lot of different things today, boutiques all around the world. They're actually expanding. I believe they have a large hotel brand. Um, today, I guess we think of them of, as uh, one of the major makers of crystals. But they did make some very fine jewelry. This is a ring, a very heavy, beautiful ring made in 18 karat white gold, set with gorgeous diamond baguettes on each side, six baguettes, so it's about 24 of them. Um, the stone is a, it's called a sugar loaf crystal. What a name for that, guys, sugar loaf. So anyhow, so very cool it's about looks like it's about 40 carats it looks like sort of a combination between a mirror and an opal and this ring purportedly was originally retailed at background probably 20 years ago for i think it was like thirty thousand us dollars so somebody had gotten this as a gift came actually in the original box and certificate and uh, we have this currently available we just actually got this in recently the stones are all perfectly colored D-flawless diamonds. We're going to say they're about 15 points each. So uh, it's probably about four carats altogether. So four carats of that, probably about a 20 carat, uh, 20 carat sugar loaf. And really stunning, very heavy, probably weighs close to an ounce and a half of solid 18 carat white gold. So if you're interested in this gorgeous Bucciolati ring, we would do it for less than, the appraised value today is probably 60 grand. So we would probably do it for less than $15,000. Okay, very beautiful, highly desirable, and uh, exceptionally collectible. All right, so remember that with every item, the origin, who manufactured is probably the most important thing, the brand, the condition, they all play a factor into its evaluation. Now, uh, we also have, we, I guess about 20, 35, so about 37, almost 40 years ago, we bought, uh, a gentleman came into our gallery. His name was, uh, okay, let's just say he was a, I don't want to say his name. He was a famous Broadway producer and um, he came in looking for some money for one of his plays, and he came up with the idea of having uh, this, which I'm showing on the cover of the playbill. It was called Night of, Th of 100 Stars. It was for the um, Actors Fund in America to raise money for all the actors that were in need of funds to survive. And um, 
Long story short, uh, as he started approaching the famous people, he went into the entertainment industry, which included some athletes, etc. Uh, everybody wanted to be part of this cause. So instead of a hundred, it came out to be like a thousand people of celebrities came for this special event on Radio City Music Hall, and we have the original posters, the original ones. This is the cover, but the original ones that were signed, they're all one of a kind, that were signed by all the major, oh my gosh, these are all the participating artists. So we probably have most of these people. So we could cross-check. I think we have virtually every autograph done there. So this will help us find them. You have everybody here. So guys, um, this is very cool. So again, if you have anything unusual, if you have anything pertaining to this event, we'd certainly be interested. Night of 100 Stars. This was done, I believe, in like 82, 84, 86, something around those years. The second one here, I guess, was 85. Um, so if you have anything connected to any special events, Hollywood events, sporting events, uh, please let us know. We would love to uh, see them, evaluate them, appraise them, and make you very, very high, strong cash offers, okay? We were looking through some old uh, notebooks here. We found an incredibly rare, unique, and beautiful shot of the famous actor Fred Gwynn from the famous TV show from the early 60s. It was called The Munsters. He was playing a character by the name of Herman Munster. Uh, he played off, you know, the idea of Frankenstein. And there he is. He's pushing the lips of at that time and perhaps even today one of the greatest quarterbacks in football history. It looks like Johnny U, Johnny Unitas. Okay, he led the Baltimore Colts to a Super Bowl, I believe, and a couple other championships. And here it's Fred Gwynn and him saying hello on the street. Pretty, very cool. So I'm guessing this photograph was taken circa probably 1963 would be my guess. Okay, we have some pictures here. I believe this is John F. Kennedy speaking. Here he is with the lovely Jackie Onassis. Another picture of JFK speaking. Tons of these things. So if you have any original photographs that you've had in your house and you didn't know what to do with them or um, didn't know if they're real or you didn't know what they're worth, bring them to us here. Um, this looks like a famous picture of, uh, looks like, I, I'm not 100% sure is that, that's the, uh, I guess, the killer of JFK getting shot. That Lee Harvey Oswald, I guess, um, or Jack Ruby, I'm not sure. I have to do a little checking. This is an old vintage painting from, the letter here is from 1927. The painting, oh, no, that can't be it. Is it? Or is it? Oh, it is that. How do you like that? You're very observant. My assistant here, Miss Grace, was able to actually pick out the, the painting that this was for. The art, so we're going to keep this out, Cornelius Doucette. Okay, we'll do a little checking on this. Um, 
Wow. Cool. Um, this, I think she's still around, this, this um, female wrestler, China. I think, I think the name is still, this is Big Bossman. Is there um, the, all these things here? This is a very young picture of Sally Struthers, who played, um, uh, what was her name? Gloria, on All in the Family in the early 1980s. Um, well, this is a picture of the very old Madison Square Garden. Um, if I had a guess, this looked like about 1970. Uh, this is a Boston Celtics yearbook, the yearbook or uh, official program from What year was this? Let's check this out. This, I'm going to guess 70, well, 71. 1971. That's the great Boston Celtic John Havlicek. And of course we are in the middle of the NBA Finals with the Boston Celtics and the San Francisco, the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco. So uh, John Havlicek was one of the great Boston Celtics, one of the great Boston players. Um, very cool. This is their, one of their original programs. Um, these look like photographs. I'm guessing these are from JFK's funeral. We have a letter here. A handwritten note. This is Jack Camp. We have a letter here from Irving Drupman, who was, I think, a famous actor. And he goes, This is Jack Camp, an old buddy of mine from New York. Show him around. Love Tennessee. There's only one Tennessee I knew, and that was Tennessee Williams. Um, that is very cool. We'll have to verify that letter. Um, President Lyndon Johnson asked me to thank you for your card in closing the sketch. The President is grateful for your support. He will not be able to grant you your request for his autograph on the sketch. However, I am enclosing an autograph card. Best wishes, Whitney Shoemaker, assistant to the President of the United States. Wow. Irving Drutman again, the famous Irving Drutman. Here we have... This is Muhammad Ali on a horse. I think this from Black Rodeo in Harlem, 125th Street, signed by him. See, this is good. You have a signature there that was a little faded, and it was on 19, uh, July 6, 1983, almost, almost a month ago, almost a month ago, almost to the day, 83, uh, 2040, right, 39 years ago.
Very, very cool. This is all historic stuff. Every one of them. Look at this, George Gershwin, letter after letter of George, from George Gershwin. This is a contract signed by the great James Dean. He, this is done in 54. He died, I think, in 55 or 56. He died at a very young age. He was considered the, one of the great actors and cult figures of all time. This is when he signed a contract to play in a TV show called Ferdinand the Thief. Very, very cool. We are going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this, in, this brief message and talk to you about a letter you have never heard or seen before. We'll be right back. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin Mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sport and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Breguet, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash cash prices in any condition even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Buccellati, Von Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They'll also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000, 212-246-2000, or toll-free 1-800-772-00. We're talking about, we're going through some of our interesting items here. We have a letter here. His Majesty Brother King Faisal of Iraq. To your loyal brother, signed Hussein bin Talil. In which, this letter is dated 1954. You know, I'm, I feel... Let's just say this is a letter, the king stating how um, the feelings are toward the Zionist attacks of Israel at that time, or what he thought they were attacks of Israel at that time, against, um, against Jordan. And it has a lot of historic um, and personal significance. We don't like to get too political on this show here, so I'm just going to say... It is a very cool letter um, about what they felt uh, Israel subjected them to and the true feelings of that. So we are going to just leave it at that. And if you have any interesting items regarding uh, Israel, the state of Israel, um, security things, letters, Anything like that to contact us, uh, that would fall under the category of Judaica. Let us know. We would love to see them, have my praise. And um, please let us know if you have that. We're happy to authenticate them, etc., etc. We love, we had somebody here uh, offer us recently, um, one of our listeners, uh, the tradition. Now, Judaica really means anything that's connected to the Jewish religion. And that uh, primarily is used for Jewish services and stuff like that. So um, if um, you have anything like that, 
that were used for Jewish services, Judaica, any silver that's used for uh, blessings, uh, they call it spice boxes, uh, uh, spice um, uh, uh, cups, silver cups that used for the, any of the blessings, uh, the light, the candle holders. We are looking right here. We have a photograph of the world famous Marx Brothers here. Lucille Ball playing the nurse. Okay. The 1938 film Room Service. Now, I didn't even know that Lucille Ball was in this play, was in this movie. So, if I'm not mistaken, I think I Love Lucy, or the, uh, the show started, I thought, 19 around 51. She evidently was a, an actress and had to be a comedic actress. This is 13 years earlier. So, wow. That's about the youngest picture you'd ever see of her. That's Lucille Ball playing with the Marx Brothers. You can look at all this stuff on our Marx, on our Marx Brothers station, on our uh, YouTube Amazing Appraising. Very, very cool. Here's another one. This is it's the same movie, uh, Room Service. Yes, it looks like that Harpo is, uh, right, Harpo is, yes, Harpo is with him, with Lucille Ball here in another scene from that movie. Here we have a very cool letter of Steven Spielberg. Very, very cool, talking to somebody who did music for him in the film. Here is a signed picture of Paul McCartney to Otis Blackwell, a renowned songwriter who wrote a number of songs for the Beatles. Signed picture of Otis uh, to personalized from Paul McCartney, the main singer on the, the, the Beatles. We also have, we're just going to go again through our scrap notes. We have a signed uh, card here. To Jeremy with Love, uh, John Lennon, uh, with his doodles, dated 1974. We knew the family who he gave this to. That's really, really cool. We have a signed portrait of Babe Ruth that was uh, given and signed by his wife, Mrs. Babe Ruth. This was done about 19, I'm guessing probably about 1950, on and on. Um, again, if you have any type of uh, memorabilia, sports, entertainment, uh, Judaica, documents, autographs, stamps, coins, jewelry, watches, please bring the stuff in here. We're happy to appraise them for you, evaluate them. If you have big enough collections, we can even travel to your home if necessary. Call us, write us, text us, and we'll be happy to review them and uh, let you know what we can do for you. Okay, we're going to be taking another short break, and we'll be right back after this very brief message. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin, mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, Oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sports and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Brigat, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Bucciolati, Van Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. That's 212-246-2000 or toll-free 1-800-772-00 
1-800-242-0054. I'll leave the appraiser back for another segment of Amazing Appraising. We want everyone to uh, remember we have a great guest for the second half of our show, Mr. Abe Chamber. We call him Mr. Abe. He's been our guest in the past, and he'll be our guest today. He has a very storied and... Uh, unusual past. He was a comedy writer, an attorney, an art dealer, collectible dealer, all these different things in one person's career. So he's always a pleasure to chat with and talk about his various escapades. And we are going to have the privilege of having him on um, as our guest in just a little bit. Okay, so make sure you stick around and you don't want to miss that. We'll be right back with another episode. We'll be right back with our special guest, Mr. Abe. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin Mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sport and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Breguet, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Bucciolati, Von Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They'll also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. 212-246-2000. Or toll-free 1-800-772-0054. This is Lee the Appraiser for another segment of Amazing Appraising here in our brand new APR 57 galleries here on 57th Street and Broadway. We are here with our good friend and great guest, Mr. Abe. We're going to take a small jump here now, and uh, Abe, um, just to summarize his background, again, we talked about his comedy writing. The next step was... um, I wrote for television, uh, for Gabe Kaplan for Welcome Gabe Back, Kaplan, Hotter. Welcome Back, I wrote Hotter. for a couple of a other shows, Love Boat, Fantasy Island, and ABC Movie of the Week. Wow. And some That's other, cool. you know, they'd, they'd lend you around. You'd go here and there, and you'd write stuff. Were you doing this full-time at one uh, point? Nev- never really full-time. I, I would show up. I would work. I was working, like, day and night in those days. I was going to law school. And uh, when you wrote when you wrote the comedy, these sitcoms and stuff like that, yeah. did you have a partner? Did you work with other? You no, there was ten, ten, 10 people in New York, ten, ten people writing. in L.A., and we 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 could see each other on TV. It was like pretty advanced for ABC. And uh, so it was like Zoom and, so Yeah, and I wrote a lot of shows that ended up on CBS and NBC. But I don't want to get into that right now because. Whichever producer or director you worked for was a producer. I won't say names. Just stole it from you. They said, "Oh no, I'm not going to do this." And then you saw it on CBS the, two years later with a different name. So I wrote a lot of new shows, but I didn't end up as the writer because I just conceived of it. But uh, is there any? Give it as it may. Is there any? But I'm assuming. How does that work? If you are a writer right. for what were you writing for ABC, right? Right, but I wasn't. Of, I wasn't officially one of their employees. I, I would. I would uh, was hired by uh, the star, in a sense, to, to be one of his writers for so the show. So right? for the show, I like show for, up. Uh, just tell me, like for right. Welcome Back, Carter. Right. So how how did that work? How did they engage you? 
uh, they'd call you in in the beginning of the week, and then you came up with some ideas. They'd write it. They they fleshed they, it out. And they give you, I mean, semi. They you have a contract to work for them for what a week, a couple weeks. Oh, uh, for the show, so for you the, got paid per per show. So per one episode, per, per each episode, I got paid. Other people were like. Their writers. They were hired but once I was there, other producers hired me and cooked me into their shows. Right. So but it was kind of like a loose arrangement, but I got very well paid. And uh, 63rd and Broadway, I believe. Right. But the understanding it. was yeah. that they had the rights to your ideas. Is that correct? Yeah. But that was for that show. There were producers that you gave ideas that you hoped would be picked up, and they would just take that, you know, and steal it. But yeah, listen, in the film business, it was even worse. How many people I told, you know, I gave them a synopsis of a great movie, or I showed them my script, and then, like, five minutes later, you know, meaning about a year or two later, they're making that movie with a different star, and, and they just tweak it a little, sometimes with the same names, even. So oh. it was very frustrating, but, uh, you know, there were, there were some people that sued, that had the money, and needed at least 50 grand to sue. I didn't want to. I wasn't the... I well, just... I just wanted to keep writing and right. Well, I would think also, and also, I was becoming a lawyer, so you know, I didn't, right. didn't well, want to get that. involved. It's this Still display. For free, right? Now, now, speaking of litigious societies, I got to tell you because you like things that happen in the art world. I love it. We are the appraising network here, so we appraise artwork as a big thing: contemporary art, modern That's art, right. antique art. So Abe, um, although he'll get into it a little later, perhaps, yeah. but he uh, had an art background and collectible yeah. background well, as we well. Had, we had uh, four galleries with partners, and, and we dealt with mostly modern from, like, I would say 1870 till today. Okay. And the latter 20, 30 years, I got more into modern and uh, contemporary art. So uh, I never understood it before. I understood, uh, you know, turn of the century, Hudson School, I, uh, you know, Eastern European art, icons, and Judaica. This was my thing. But uh, then I loved Impressionist, mm -hmm. and uh, and now I love modern artists and contemporary artists. I don't get everybody, but there's this this is glass sculpture artist called Dale Chihuly, very famous guy, probably the most famous glass sculpture. Er, is it a sculpture? Er, today sculptor, sculptor, yeah. And he sold this this outside glass sculpture to Bill Gross, one of the richest guys in America. I know Bill. You know him. He's a big stamp collector. Get out! You actually big, know the guy. He, wow. had, he had the biggest stamp collection. Laguna in the world. Beach, California. Yeah, he, he just won a lawsuit against his neighbor. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> Son of a gun! You know the story. So his neighbor sues him because he put a net over the statue. Now, fighting for what? I don't know. Years? How many years? It's his garden. It's his statue. He puts a net over it. How is that bothering you? Apparently, it. Uh, I mean, if your house is worth thirty-five million dollars, I guess you have a right to sue everybody because you're blocking my view of the ocean. I mean, in Laguna Beach, it's, it's just so crazy. So apparently, he just won his case. Well, right. So it he came actually, down. It came down. He uh, actually um, had a major divorce a couple of years. Oh, ago. is that it? Okay, and yeah, that was a, that was a I big, didn't know that was any part of this. That was a big story. Lawsuit. That was a big story. It wasn't it? Was a different lawsuit. It was a big story because. There were, you know, rumors that his ex-wife took uh, a lot of his paintings that, you know, that he owned and replaced them with other ones in the house. Yeah. So that was, I think, finally settled a few years ago. Okay. He, I think, said some things and uh, he got fired from his position. He was Bill Gross, really? Yes. He so was how's from he? Pimco. So how is he uh, worth so much money? I mean, he obviously took money with him. Well, he... he so now he's got no wife. He lives in a $35 million house all by himself. No, no, no. So now he, he, he has some time to... Uh 
collect so less. To collect le- no, but a neighbor sued him, well, and he won the case. So I don't get it. Isn't it like it's my sculpture, and I'll cover it if I want to? I mean, wh- why would you sue a guy? Like, I don't understand. I'm not that rich, you know. So you know, people that are that rich sue at the drop of a hat. It's crazy, and they couldn't work it out. And I mean, like so, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So many neighbors fight with each other. So you'd think that if you're like a mile away from each other, how do you ever even see each other? You don't have to see your neighbor. You just sue him. I heard. I'd like to meet you. I'd see you in court at least. I heard, I heard. Maybe we'll have tea. You're on my property line. Yeah, you're on my property line. You don't even know where your property line is. I mean, it's a beach, my God. You heard that? uh, I'm trying to remember... Steve Wynn had not sure no separately. Sure. Steve sure. Wynn, you know, you heard about that like I think fifteen years ago. He was showing uh, a painting. Um, I don't. It was a contemporary artist. I, I, I maybe it was de Kooning. I don't. It was one of these paintings that he had sold, no less. Yeah, he sold it to uh, Steve Cohen, the right, the, the new the, owner of the Mets, the hedge fund guy. Nice. So he he's already sold it then. They had a deal, one hundred and fifty million dollars. Okay. Wow. And he was showing it. In his um, in his museum, he had a no. Wind. It wasn't his museum. Oh, no? it, it was he had the museum in, in the Bellagio in Las Vegas. But I'm talking about in the Win. He had a, in the Win. In, in the, the Win. Right. Yeah. He had a museum there for all right. his artwork. Right. So I guess he some put it great there, artwork. So though. it's like tax deductible. You know the public sees. Yeah. But he was showing this in his ballroom upstairs in his office. Okay. Oh, and you doing the one with the the Win made a hole in it. The, so yeah. he was showing that he had. I don't remember who, but. Uh, five or seven very prominent business people, celebrities. Right. He was showing it off to them, and um, unfortunately, you know, at that time, I guess he was seventy or something like that. Is he that old? Yeah. Maybe well, no, he's I, I, I know he's blind. He, he doesn't years. see well. Well, that was the problem. Yeah. So he had didn't have good, and he still doesn't have perception. Yet, uh, a loss of what's it called peripheral vision. R- peripheral. So yeah. when he turned around, he didn't notice the painting he was, was there. He walked right. And through. I don't even know how this works, but. He, his elbow hit the painting, yeah, slipped tear, the yeah, painting. Yeah. You could fix that. He fixed it. Yeah, I mean, but, you fix it. But, you know, Steve Cohen didn't want to pay quite $150 million for a painting that has a large oh, yeah. tear in it. Is that scotch tape? I don't want it anymore. No, but I have, to, I have a story about that. Um, so every year the jewelry business, and actually I just finished it right now, they go to Vegas, and never in the wind, they go to the convention centers for the the Sands, MGM, wherever, I don't. I forget where they go now. But I used to go every single year. I was the head of the JVC, the Jewelers Visualist Committee, head of the Diamond Dealers Club for years. So we'd go, and, and we'd be in, in, the, uh, in the New York show, in the Coliseum, and then the pier, and then we'd go to Las Vegas. That was the biggest show, and it was yeah. so easy to do business business there so you know it's over we have a couple of days before we come back what does a nice religious guy do let's go see the other hotels like you're in the catskills you know so we go to this new place to win opened up again what's the win about like this one looks like new york this one looks like egypt the pyramid this one looks like paris they have like a special wave it's there. the wind don't they, don't they have a wave there i don't know no i but think they have, they have artificial waves in the, the wind, no, in the in pool. The pool. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, but I, I, didn't, I didn't go to the pool. We just were walking around the wind, and and someone had bought us lunch, and it was like nonstop, and we ate kosher, and there was nonstop salads coming. I said, enough, enough. Let me see this art collection. So so I got a ticket for it. The guy gave me a ticket for it. I go, I give it to this giant guard, and he goes, you want to see the ticket? Me and my friends. So, well, they're not too into 
but I'm going to go see it. So he says it's $15. I said, what about this ticket? This ticket allows you to pay $15 to see the paintings. And I said, but you have like the Blue Boy and you have the, something by Leonardo da Vinci and Botticelli. And I said, yeah, we do. I said, okay, here's $15. Guys, go play some games and whatever in the casino. I'll, I'll see you in an hour. I go in this room. It's a drop-dead gorgeous room. The actual paintings are right there, not like in a museum under glass. And there's 15 paintings. And I'm very Jewish, and I'm going, a dollar a painting? You charged me a dollar a painting? But I, I spent about an hour there with beautiful, and, and I didn't let you take pictures. The value, and you're standing there, like nose to the painting, and, the most, and seeing something two, three, five hundred years old. Uh, how did he get in these paintings? I mean, museums don't have those paintings. Mm. He had them. And, and it was 15, and, and, and it blew me away in a good way. I come out, and I go, and I tell him, remember this guy's like 6'6", six, six, 300 pound, black, black eye. I go, $15 for 15 paintings? He's just laughing his head off. He says, well, you want $3 back? He didn't look at three of them. So I said, you're not supposed to be that funny. I'm supposed to be funny. Anyway, it was worth it. It really was. My friend's going, you paid like $15? The, the Met doesn't cost $15. Well, I heard recently it's $23 now, but that's the Met. Uh, and I said, it's unbelievable. It's the real paintings, not a fake. It's Vegas. Everything's glitter and fake in Vegas. But it wasn't. It was the real deal. And that is one gorgeous hotel. I still don't get what the wind, you know, the, the theme of it is. But it's just modernity and, and easy access to everything. You know, it's like the highest quality of anything you could think of that's in the wind. Although I've never stayed there. I, I used to stay in the MGM all the time. $100 a night. and You got free tickets to the shows. So... You want to see Wayne Newton? You can see him for free. So, <laughs> well, how old is Wayne now? He's like 98? <laughs> still singing the same I, song? I don't know. Is he still performing? I, 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 I guess so. I think, you know. I don't think so. Yeah. I would think he's... Uh... Who's that Canadian singer, the French one, that uh, the lady? Oh, uh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion is the most expensive ticket in Las Vegas. So I remember when... Is she, I don't know, is she performing still? Or I, I don't know. Today, but, uh, but uh, when we used to go there, we used to see comedians and, and, and magicians and, and all these great singers. Well, what's his name? I remember. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Who's the, the... So, right. So those... You had a yeah. couple big acts that had... But what's you saw the old, you know, those shows where they're dancing around the trapezes, right. whatever. They were great. But $175 a ticket... I mean, your room didn't cost 175 That was a lot of money for per ticket, and you'd go with 10 people. It's a lot of money. You had to what's, his name? what's his name? The other big acts that I can remember is, uh, I think he's still Well, David Engelbert Humperdinck used to sing there. David Tom Jones, David was still there. He was phenomenal. I, I saw so many magicians over there. Until today, I just have no idea how they Sigmund made it. Sigmund and Roy were supposed well, to I be... I never saw uh, that. I, I, I will not be in an audience where there's two live tigers on the, on the stage. Uh -huh. First of all, I'm very tasty, I heard. Very tasty. And uh, maybe they didn't eat that day. I don't know. I, I would not. And, and in fact, he bit the, the arm off of one of them. Right. Well, I forgot. Roy or Sig. I think they're both dead now. But uh, one guy was buried without an arm. <laughs> I mean, I, I would not trust a big cat. You know, I don't trust little cats. Let alone big cats. Oh, but yeah. they're, they're scary. And I've seen some big cats. What's like, her name? Is pretty big there. You know, uh, Britney Spears is. Really? Really? Yeah, in Vegas, was, she's big now? Yeah, I don't know if she's now. I she mean, has she a was. lot of fans, but I don't. I don't get the whole Britney Spears thing. I don't. I don't. She just got married, didn't she? Yes, I think for she the, married her, the third or fourth time. Whatever. Yeah, she's only, she's only thirty five. Give her another. Listen, some guys were married yeah. eight nine. Look, Geraldo I, I, Rivera, you know, and they were married like eight nine times. And uh, what's his name, the talk show host, uh, the Jew, Larry King was married eight nine times. You know, Elizabeth Taylor was married eight times, right? Who else was married like so many times? Another one, another famous actress, Jaja Gabor. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, you you were married eight times. 
Not yet. No. <laughs> so, uh, Could you think of the alimony and the uh, child the support alimony. payments? My God. <laughs> the alimony. I, I remember this story of a friend of mine told me. He said there was this Jewish, uh, the, the, these two Jewish women were talking, and they were saying, you know, my son was married and divorced five times. <laughs> and the other one turns to, oh, from, <laughs> from such a boy you get so much knowledge. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> That's, uh, you, yeah, you have to be there. To <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like at a certain point, like let's say three marriages and divorces, you're not supposed to be married. You're not a marriageable type of person. You have to constantly, constantly give in. And, and it's both of you. I mean, the man, the man, the woman, or whatever you're married to today, you know, it's compromise. It's everyday compromise. You have to work at it. Here, I'm giving it. And Dr. Ruth, I will tell you. No, I don't want to do Dr. Ruth. But it's impossible to, today, with all the outside influences ruining everybody's relationship, you just have to shut it off and be into each other. Yeah, exactly. Or just be comfortable with each other. You don't even have to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only it's thing that works. Bigger, that, that's an, I think Silence that, is golden. You that know? Wasn't, that's another one Rodney's jokes, isn't it? That uh, oh, yeah, they ask okay. the secret to his marriage. He yeah. goes, we go out three times a week. Yeah, goes, she goes go out Monday. Monday she, that's Henny Youngman. Henny Youngman. She goes out Thursdays. Yeah, but this, we're still together. That was Henny Youngman. Who I, who I, I couldn't write for him either. He knew 50,000 jokes, and he would just get up. Big guy is six foot two, but he, he just looked huge, and he just rattled off lines. So, and, and, and Rodney was very much like that, but Rodney would get into like a menu, into a scenario. Henny Youngman just said one line after another. He so, says, my, my mother was such a bad cook, we'd pray after we ate. <laughs> just lines like that would just come out of him, you know. <laughs> the fly. The, the fly, flies. remember the flies? <laughs> he, he said, my mother was such a bad cook, the flies took him a collection to fix the screen door. <laughs> I mean, who comes up with this stuff? Just in the my wife. Meatloaf is not supposed to glow in the dark. It's not supposed to glow in the dark. No, no. We'll be right back uh, from a message from one of our sponsors in just a sec. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin, mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sports and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Brigitte, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices, in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Bucciolati, Van Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. That's 212-246-2000 or toll free 1-800-772-0054. Lee the appraiser back for another segment of Amazing Appraising here in our brand new APR 57 gallery. We're talking with Mr. Abe. He's talking about some of his escapades in the art business. He's well-traveled through various careers and uh, the middle, I guess the middle part of his career was in art and uh, antique dealer. So tell us about this interesting story you have about... So so the latest uh, crazy story in the art world 
is this 90-year-old has a painting that he bequeaths to his granddaughter uh, in London, and uh, she doesn't think much of it. She just takes it, just, just some old painting over his bed, and keeps it, uh, you know, hidden. And then, kind of like a, this is after he passed away. After right? he passed away, no, and, no, and it's no just hanging no over. Shyless, right? No questions. No, it's her painting, and he, she didn't know where he got it from or, or anything. But uh, she brings it into Dawson's auction house in London. And uh, we don't, I don't think they're here. And uh, and they put it up for auction. And sure enough, it's a Filipino lippy, L-I-P-P-I, who's hundreds and hundreds of years old. And basically his father, Filipino lippy's father, taught the famous Sandro Botticelli. I think we mentioned Botticelli. Uh, Botticelli is from 15 million to, to 100 million. I mean, it's uh, it, valuable to have it, and very few people, mostly museums have it, or colleges, or very famous uh, collectors like a Steve Wynn would have it, and and Sandro Botticelli taught Filipino Lippi how to paint, and these are real beautiful paintings from the Renaissance, and who collects Renaissance? And certainly not I. You go, you know, into Italy, and you go to the famous museums over there uh, to see them, and you can see them in the Met, too. You know, we, we should never go to Paris, the Louvre, and it gets 320000 so we're not talking about a great painting. We're not talking about a famous painting. Just a beautiful painting that's from the Renaissance, and it was it's from Madonna with Madonna and her child, not the singer. Uh, they also found a painting of Dua Lipa, whoever that is, not Lippi. No, I'm just joking because Madonna makes her own paintings and they don't go for three hundred twenty thousand dollars. I heard she just makes some NFTs. Like Let her make all the things she can as long right. as she doesn't pass any STDs. But uh, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not making fun of Madonna. She's a very successful woman and she's in her mid sixties, I guess. She is. She and what, she what constantly re- redoes herself. That's she's what I was just going to say. What she's is unbelievable. She, what does she and Thomas Edison have in common? <laughs> <laughs> a lot no, of light, a lot she, of light bulbs. No, no she she, tom- she constantly she, reinvents herself. Yes, she does. She does. You got to give her credit, Madonna. But this painting was the Madonna and child. You know, uh, Jesus, I guess, was the child. You know, unless she had another child. But but uh, these are very famous paintings. And in those years, that's what you painted. You know, you look at all the 1300s, 1400s, 1500s. You know, you had wars. You had uh, God and heaven and earth and the devil and whatever. Those are the themes. Those are not themes that you see today that much. You know, you see just like a dot in the middle or lines, and it's supposed to be a lot of, you know, conceptual, political, or the social story. That was one things. Of, yeah. You ever saw that scene in one of Woody Allen movies? No, but he, which one was that? going to... Uh, he decides he wants to pick up an intellectual young lady. Yeah. So he goes to the Museum of uh, Modern Art. Right. And he sees this beautiful young girl there looking at a painting. It's um, pure white with a black dot right in the middle. So he walks up there and he goes, so what does that painting say to you? <laughs> and <laughs> she looks at it and she goes about the you know, the complexity of the dot compared to the existential crisis of, of the, humanity. Of, of the, yeah, yeah. The, everything there about the whiteness and the, the, the blankness and the and minuscule value on. a human being has in this great, For 15 great minutes. planet. Yeah. 
you know? So and then all of a sudden, the dot flies away. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a fly. You know, <laughs> I forget which movie that's from. But uh, maybe, his know, early movies were the best. Hall, but. I mean, you know, Woody Allen is the most prolific uh, director in the history of this world, way more than Spielberg or anybody else, no matter what you think of him. Uh, how did you come up with all those movies? And he wrote them, and he directed them, and of course, then he turned sour and, and angry, and and you know, uh, he was right. what's that called? A person that always thinks he's sick, hypochondriac, you know. And he all those themes are in his movies, and then he comes up with a funny one again, you know, and another funny one. I don't know if he's still doing movies, but uh, he's well, a, he was having obviously yeah. he lost his producers. Years, yeah, he was having trouble. Yeah. Producing them and you know this Me Too thing, people right, did right, not right. want to get involved. But I still think he, he knocked out a few movies in the lab. But now it's COVID, so it's also almost impossible to do a movie like him. I mean, he's got to be close to ninety also. So he's, yeah, he's so. up there, man. He's he's eighty five for sure. I don't know. Look him up. He's 80, Woody Allen is pretty pretty old, but he's he was very very funny, and he and people oh, don't yeah. realize he was a comedian before that. Right, right, right. Wrote his own material. Read his two books, Getting Even Without Feathers. Uh, hilarious, one thing after another, and yeah. very intellectual. And he's a guy that was kicked out of two colleges because mm -hmm. he wasn't intellectual enough or didn't want to study. But he had that again, a genius ahead of his time. How old is he? Eighty six. Wow. Woody Allen is 86 years old. You heard it here first on Lee's APR show. <laughs> okay, guys. So we want to thank everyone for listening to our uh, show here. And we want everyone to uh, remember to stay tuned. We have Zev Brenner from Talkline Communications. Love on the Zev. Next. We love Zev. So uh, here he has a bunch of great guests and talking about a bunch of very interesting topics. Um, so... Till next week, we want everyone to stay safe, be well, and hope you enjoyed our uh, show this week, okay? So remember, if you have anything in art, contemporary, renaissance, um, modern, uh, collectibles, jewelry, watches, art, antiques, and you want a free appraisal, please contact us, call us, text us, uh, and we'll be happy to... Uh, you know, answer any questions you have. You can reach out to us on social media, on all our platforms, Amazing or Praising. We have all these shows visually being able to see on YouTube um, and all the other uh, stations. So please listen to us. We're on Spotify. And until next week, uh, be well and uh, have a great week. Thank you.